Welcome to Radio Drama Revival. This is your show uh, dedicated to stories told through the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of the modern audio theater. Here, of course, we showcase uh, news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. Uh, I'm your host, Fred. Uh, today, I'm very excited to introduce you to uh, today's guest, Brian Price. He's a writer and producer with Great Northern Audio Theater. Hails out of uh, Brookings, North uh, South Dakota. He's got uh, 10 years and plus of uh, great uh, audio experience. He's worked with the uh, Midwest Radio Theater Workshop, the Iowa Radio Project, founding member of the National Audio Theater Festival that's held each year. Uh, dozens of excellent productions with Great Northern Audio, uh, including live performances, the Convergence Science Fiction Convention, and the Mark Time Awards. Uh, some of the stuff you heard last week was Super Pal, um, Martian Dialogue with Martian Trombone, I'll be sharing with you soon. A variety of really great, uh, wacky science fiction uh, tends to be uh, focus uh, comedy. It's just really great original audio drama. He also was the uh, sound designer and director with the horror piece uh, God of the Razor I shared with you in one of my first episodes here a couple months ago, and a great authority uh, on the history and future of audio drama in general. Um, And Brian, welcome to Radio Drama Revival. Hey, Fred. How are you doing? I'm all right. Um, so you are in Brookings, South Dakota. Did I get that right? Uh, that's correct. All yeah. right. Uh, one thing the, um, the modern Internet has done is you can work almost anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, indeed. Uh, so it's, uh, we're having probably about the same weather you are. It's, uh, it's about 25 out here. Okay. Well, that's, uh, you know, it's still April, so we, we'll give it that. <laughs> um, and you also, uh, now, well, I guess the first thing, uh, why don't you uh, talk about uh, Great Northern a little bit and uh, sort of your experience as a dramatist and uh, what you've been up to in the... Um, let's see. Well, right now we are writing, let's see, I guess it would be the, for the 11th Mark Time wow. um, Awards. And just to go back, the Mark Time... Science Fiction Audio Awards are the only awards uh, handed out strictly for audio. And then there's a, uh, a sister award for uh, the Ogle Awards for Horror and Fantasy. And those are, uh, Ogle is named after Charles Ogle, who played um, the original Frankenstein in Thomas Edison's version of oh, Frankenstein, great. which is back in the teens um, of the last century. Uh, anyway, when these awards are, are presented uh, at Convergence Science Fiction Convention uh, annually in Minneapolis, which is usually about the first weekend in, um, in July, we do a live show to sort of kick that off, and then, uh, and then it's a little bit of, like a very short Academy Awards where uh, the winners come up, and the, the uh, um, those... Uh, submissions come from all over the world. We've mm-hmm. had winners from Australia, England, Ireland, uh, United States, and um, so it's always fun to listen to those. And, but it's even more fun from my end to mm-hmm. uh, to write and direct uh, an original um, comedy show that we do live. So it's sort of like old-time live radio theater, and that there's an audience mm-hmm. and. Um, it's always fun to perform in front of an audience, especially comedy. Yeah, and how how did you get into that uh, in the first place? Um, well, it, it's not a uh, you start running into all these people. Uh, Jerry Stearns, actually, my partner in mm-hmm. in uh, Great Northern Audio, um, always say that he was science fiction before science fiction was cool. <laughs> okay. he, um, I think is probably into his. Um, Oh, may have gone to his first 
science fiction convention in like 1969, something like that. Uh, so he has a long, long um, relationship with and love of science fiction conventions and, and science fiction as a whole. Uh, then Mark Time is actually a character uh, that goes back to Fire Science Theater comedy mm-hmm. troupe uh, days. And um, Mark Time was created by David Osman, who, okay. um, and uh, he and Jerry uh, put the awards together uh, 11 years ago. And so um, over in in show like... Um, Dialogue with Martian Trombone mm-hmm. uh, that stars David Osmond, and so we, if we can get the scheduling and the uh, funding together, we get him to fly out to conversions. Excellent. Uh, for yeah. instance, last year the uh, the the backing piece to uh, Super Pal was called uh, um, Jewels of the Eleventh Generation, and uh, we um, that starred both David. And his youngest son, Preston, and so I brought my daughter in, um, Eleanor, and so we, we had a family time. <laughs> Excellent. And so you bring him up young into this, uh, which also actually you know, makes a serious point of listening is just great great for kids, and uh, there's just lots of audio books and audio tapes around the house, and um, you know, I think there really is a correlation between... Um, children learning to listen at an Mm -hmm. early age and say it's much more of a focused activity than the old tv yeah absolutely um and you know you've done a a little bit of everything um i think primarily you you say you're a writer and producer and you've also done some sound design some directing what's your um have you done it all or or what's your favorite uh the only thing i wouldn't hire myself to do would be act (laughs) okay you know i (laughs) um early on uh learned that uh I was much more comfortable uh, behind the microphone than mm-hmm. they are, you know, on the other side of the microphone. Uh, what I think you find um, very similar to independent film, independent audio productions, uh, is that you're going to have to be, you know, the writer, director, cook and bottle washer kind yeah. of yeah. Uh, thing. Is that you, you know, just to get your stuff out there, you're going to have to learn all about it and the more you learn the the uh the more control you have and uh mm-hmm. that a lot of it is is about control and then you know once you and then very often you know like you found in your case is mm-hmm. you is you put it out yourself and mm-hmm. uh um i came to i'm trying to think the first thing i sold to radio was back in the um early 80s actually was uh I wrote for a show called The Daily Feed, which was uh, in Washington, D.C., where I'm originally from. And uh, they were little satire monologues, little, you know, literally 90 seconds long. And they were, it was a, a, you know, so they were daily news comments. And uh, what I did is uh, I wasn't on every week, and I was writing for an actor who would show up sometimes and not other times. So I started writing, started writing rather than things that, you know, reacted to daily news things was sort of timely news things like mm-hmm. Christmas, Halloween, you know, uh, April Fool's Day, that kind of thing. And so I could be out a, out a month and get the script to the producer, and then he would get the actor in. And uh, so those were the, actually the 
through. I was selling comedy monologues way back when, and uh, then we moved to Columbia, Missouri. Uh, my wife's a scientist, and she went for a, a graduate degree in Missouri, and we ran into the Midwest Radio Theater Workshop, which was I think created in 1980, and uh, that brought together sort of old and new uh, radio theater, audio theater people, and it, um, at their first one in 1980, they um, they had Fibber McGee there, and uh, um, and so in the same room you had uh, Jim Jordan, who played Fibber McGee, and the Firesign Theater guys, and Tom Lopez of uh, ZBS Productions, so you had really sort of the arc of um, you know the 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 golden age mm-hmm. of radio to sort of the revi- revivalist and the you know the fire science theater people had grown up with um, you know with, with old time radio as kids and what they did was they took the multi tracking and sensibilities of the sixties and seventies and ran them right into uh, you know, in, into sort of using old style, and then um, oh, things like uh, trying to remember the name. Oh yeah, like the uh, you know the Adventures of Nick Danger, that kind of thing, which was you know was making fun of '40s radio styles, you know, in a real loving way, and uh, and then but doing it with multi-track, and so it's uh. It's interesting. One of the things that Fire Science Theater did is they uh, probably didn't write the best contract with Columbia Records, but they contracted for um, unlimited studio time. So <laughs> they got to play with the newest, the you know, the newest eight eight track, you know, back in 1969, and then the newest 16-track studios. And uh, what is really broken. Now, people independently being able to do this with, uh, you know, with with not killer budgets is that now we have, of course, the digital age and computers. And so I have a, you know, I have a laptop computer and I can uh, stack up uh, multi-track and um, you have the sound that used to you used to have a need, you know, a giant you know, Columbia Records studio to get. And now, you know, people can, uh, you know, both audio theater and, and musicians, of course, um, you know, have access to really good sound. Yeah. Now, now, were you uh, someone who uh, grew up uh, listening to radio drama? Is that where your interest comes with everything? Um, I think, well, Fire Sign Theater probably was... Uh, you know how you know the, the comedy comedy records were probably uh, where I came from. I remember my dad had a couple Bob Newhart records, and you know, and Bob Newhart's uh, genius, of course, was creating a dialogue with one person, you know, <laughs> the phone conversations, and and uh, what he did is just did one side of the dialogue and pauses and that kind of thing became incredibly important and you know in the double take and that kind mm-hmm. of thing um i'm a actually probably you know my i'm late 40s here and uh um 
So I'm a TV kid. You know, yeah, if you get yeah. 10 years older than me, they're radio kids. But, uh, you know, yeah, I was brought up, you know, I was brought up on, uh, you know, Johnny Quest and mm. uh, <laughs> cartoons and the Dick Van Dyke show. And, you know, and I was watching the Dick Van Dyke show as reruns, you know, that, that uh, um, so I think actually our, you know, my generation was the first saturated generation is that reruns are more important than actually the first shows, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's... And, and actually the sort of the love of science fiction and kind of things through media things is, you know, I remember, you know, running home from school and watching Star Trek, not as original, but mm -hmm. in the 70s as uh, reruns. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's a, the one thing that I find, you know, try to... Uh, encourage programmers and people that, you know, that saturation, hearing things over and over again is how you, how you get comfortable with them and, you know, learn them. You know, we all listen to our favorite albums, you know, Beatles albums or, you know, uh, latest music that we like over and over again. But some reason that the radio programmers never saw that as necessary for uh, spoken word. Yeah. And so it's a much harder for a producer like me to get a spoken word piece uh, played often, you yeah. can get something played every Halloween or something like that. But uh, yeah. um, I think one of the things for audience right now is uh, that I've always, you know, anybody I've ever met usually says, "Oh God, that was the neatest thing I ever heard." You know, this this you know multi-voiced uh, you know. Like movies for the mind and different, you know, different uh, titles they use for audio theater, uh, but they don't hear it often enough, and so um, we're working on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, and that's yeah, yeah. What you mentioned um, about the, the internet, you know, and in podcasting and all of that uh, has sort of, uh, you know, really, I, I think, probably has transformed a lot of things. Um, you know, and it's especially here, we're um, we're broadcasting a show to a small local audience, but then also to the world. So I find that pretty fun. Uh, right. Yeah, I think that's that's really making radio very different. Mm -hmm. Is uh, is the ability to archive these shows and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And, uh, yeah. Well, um, sure. Uh, let's fast forward to the future for a second. Now, you were just at the uh, horror con. Where was that held this year? Uh, yeah, up in Toronto. The World mm -hmm. Horror uh, Convention was in Toronto this year, and uh, um, that was a that was a very interesting experience because mm -hmm. I you know flop back and forth between the different genres. Mm -hmm. um, so these people were, you know, for, let's see, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, were talking nothing but horror all the time, you know, 72 hours worth. <laughs> so it was yeah. a, uh, it was a saturation. Of, um, yeah. But these are, this, they, they uh, present the Bram Stoker Awards, mm -hmm. uh, you know, of course, named after the, the yeah. Dracula author. And um, those are, you know, uh, you know, the names go from people that uh, may or may not have heard of. Um, like one of my favorite authors right now is um, F. Paul Wilson, mm -hmm. who does the uh, Repairman Jack series, and he was there as a guest. And uh, Joe Lansdale mm -hmm. is very big in those circles, and he's the uh, author of the uh, piece we released last year, um, God of the Razor. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and what we were doing with God of the Razor was yeah, I, I pulled pretty much all the stops on that production, yeah. just trying to throw everything at these people we could. And what uh, we were trying, we, we used 
professional actors and then um, really went for a uh, much more of a movie-like soundtrack yeah. um, for the music than rather than the old idea of stings, you know, of uh, the organ stings and that kind of thing. Uh, what I mean by a sting is, you know, doom, 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 ding, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, old 40s style that we, we went for much more of a music behind the voices and that kind of thing. And I'm real happy with that piece. You there? Hey, Fred. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> I'm having a hard time hearing you. Okay. Now, um, I'm sorry. So you were just at uh, Horicon. We, we have this like technical difficulty over right. here. Right. Um, okay. Um, do Do you want to segue now? Maybe um, some of the stuff that you were talking about. Um, you you had some interesting sort of theory ideas. Um, everything from collaboration, uh, sort of you know how sound is used. Sure. I think one of the things that has has attracted me to audio theater, uh, especially coming from the writing end, the reason you know I got interested was, oh, here's a way to as a short story writer or as a, you know as a commentator is to you know here's another way to get my material out in front of people is to is to speak it and uh but what you find with theater just like stage theater or or film is then you bring in other artists into your mix and so you uh, it gets much more complicated but uh Sometimes artistically, I don't think there's any sort of higher high for me than than uh, hearing actors really do a good job on your script is an amazing thing because it just it picks it up from a you know, from the page and uh, you know uh, it makes it uh, dramatic and and alive. I think what's just amazing about sound is that it's um, all you know it's all it's all tricks really you know, the, the brain is really amazing on what it how it you know how it decides what it's listening to and how it um gets to things and and uh, so if you don't have a visual cue if you don't see you know a uh, you know somebody actually falling in the in the water big guy i can uh, you know, with with just sound, you can basically you're you're suggesting to the audience what it is, and uh, so yeah, I had my uh, dog's uh, bathtub, and we had a lot of sounds. The uh, God of the Razor was about um, the God of the Razor and a and a poor real estate agent um, end up in the basement of a haunted house. And yeah, they, yeah. So they're chasing around. Uh, and falling in the water in this, in this basement, and so to create that, uh, I close mic, you know, put a mic pretty close to this uh, this you know fairly big bucket of water, and um, uh, for instance, there were punching scenes, so I was punching a rag, you know, with my <laughs> fist in the water, and and uh, uh, the hard part was not to hit the edges of this bathtub to, which would you know break the. You know, then you all of a sudden you hear some plastic, but uh, you know. So basically, I could create a you know a basement full of water with a tub full of water, and, uh, yeah. which is just a. 
I got pretty wet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of a you know a funny situation where it's a very suspenseful, terrible, terrifying moment in the play. But then what you're doing is actually kind of comical. If someone was to watch you. Right. Well, that you know, actually, I'm seeing the more I've, I've dealt with horror is I think there's a lot of, especially modern horror, modern poetry, and modern comedy are all set up fairly similar in that they're going for um, for punchlines. You, know, you have a twisting end, you know, for instance, you know, if you do a Seinfeld joke, you go, you know, bump to bump, bump to bump, and then twist. And uh, modern poetry, you know, has observations, and then you, you do a twist. And, uh, and horror is very much, you know, you create a... You know, Stephen King is you know the master of it. He created a fairly normal situation, and it just gets weirder and twists. And so, um, yeah. So I think they they more than people uh, think do sort of interweave sometimes. And uh, but yeah, the production uh, and this goes with the what the you know with directing actors too is you'll be yeah. doing these very very dramatic scenes of people screaming and you know being cut by razors and everything and then mm-hmm. you're you know after the take everybody's giggling but, uh, <laughs> yeah the good actors can nail it and then and that's actors are amazing people they're just uh you know it's a skill i don't have mm-hmm. uh developed the skill to figure out how to communicate with them mm-hmm. and get them to to uh make my writing or other people's writing you know come alive yeah. in, in audio and uh that's just so much fun yeah it's it's certainly um an interesting combination uh you know an, an illusion that we all pull together with it takes so many components but then you know the final form so great um and i i think that's um we're almost at the end um do you have a you know so just a quick uh, info on what you're up to or some of the interesting oh, things? i guess well, yeah so we're going to be coming up with a new uh new show for convergence uh we're also working on a piece that uh uh, where we want to put some of these, um, oh, much more, a little more edgy music, edgy mm-hmm. acting into a piece uh, called Verifying Graffiti, which okay. will be, uh, oh, probably still have comedy pieces. Jerry and I get together, it gets silly, but uh, mm-hmm. it'll be a little more of a dystopia feel to it. Um, and uh, so it's about near future um, uh, science fiction. And or, or sort of a, a you know the the dark near future. Yeah. Uh, we came up with a neighborhood called uh, Mortgage Heights, and I just love that name. I just, yeah. <laughs> sort of what life's all about, Mortgage Heights. Cool. And uh, you know, I should uh, mention the Great Northern's uh, motto mm-hmm. is uh, ours is not to invent the machines of the future. Mm. Ours is to make fun of them when they break down. <laughs> Fair enough. And, uh, cool. That's, All right. well, that's th- where we come from. Yeah. Well, th- thanks so much um, for com- uh, calling in today, Brian. That really, um, I thought we got some oh, I really appreciated it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's lots of fun. And uh, if you haven't heard his work, I'm going to try and share some of the show. And definitely uh, you can check him out on the web at greatnorthernaudio.com. Um, and uh, thanks again, Brian. Thank you, Fred. I'm right, uh, so glad you have a show uh, getting people to hear this. Yeah, I'm trying. And uh, stay warm out there. Okay. Right, until next time. And uh, thanks. Uh, and uh, yeah, and, and anyways, uh, that was, we'll have his uh, piece. Actually, tomorrow I'm doing a sub show um, here at 1 p.m. 
uh, you'll be able to tune into uh, uh, Dialogue with Martian Trombone, another piece by Brian Price. And next week, we'll have Lifeboat from Icebox Radio about two travelers lost in space in an impossible situation with seemingly no escape. And be sure to tune in then. In the meantime, you can check out um, the blog at www.radiodramarevival.com. You can hear more news, reviews, contact me, and download the podcast. We're also on the iTunes now. If you search under the podcast area for Radio Drama Revival, you'll find us. And uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Have a good week. This is a uh, piece of electronic music, the first ever, uh, according to Mr. Brian. It's a Mac Matthews bicycle built for two. Took six months to program back in the day. Bicycle built for two. 